Hello and welcome to From the Rookery, a podcast all about a life following what the football club and well, it's been a long, 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 long time since we saw Watford win at home, since November. Remember when we beat Manchester United? Can you remember that? I just few, about been quite a few months since we lost at home now, John, as well, though. <laughs> a technicality. My name's John, with me is Michael. Hello. Uh, DCW's here. Good evening. Uh, you were going to run off DCW, but it's pretty crowded out here at Vicarage Road. Uh, a lot of people around, but what a game to start this season off. Not perfection, but there was a lot of good in that game. Yeah, I just I think we needed a night like that. We had to work hard for the win, and there was there were a couple of sticky moments, and it sort of the first half was a bit stop start and all that. But we got three points. We got a great goal, which really lifted the crowd. Mm. You can feel the release of the energy <laughs> once we got that goal, and we got confidence, and the crowd were up and singing. There was for the first time in a long time, Vicarage Road felt alive. And we just, we just needed that. And now hopefully that can give us a platform to go on in a couple of tough fixtures coming up and just get better and get more points. But uh, it's just, you, could, you could just feel the weight lifting off the shoulders of those players. And, and Rob as well must be so happy to get three points in his first game. It was great. Yeah. Goal celebrations were brilliant. It really felt like a, like a moment. They all went in piling into the corner there. I was in the, in the Sir Elton John and it was, uh, everyone was resplendent in their brand new uh, yellow Watford kits. It looked a real... <laughs> Watford is seen there tonight under the lights looked perfect and that just that see what sort of it, it, uh, the rookery end just absolutely erupted yeah. play obviously meant a lot to the players because they knew how important this game was I think you've got to get the new regime off to a good start you've got to wash away the bad taste of, of last season and the only way of doing that is winning games and, uh, and they've done it but I think as Dave said we needed it we got it and uh, I think we celebrated accordingly it was uh, yeah it's good fun that it was alright you said, Dave, is one of your favourite Watford girls of all time. I'm not, I'm not paraphrasing you at all there. <laughs> there might be extreme recency bias <laughs> there. But no, like, it's just what a great moment. Like The, the way that the, the counter-attack is sort of swept across the whole pitch. And it looked like we'd messed it up, but then the Sheffield United defender fell over. And it just it looked like, it, it felt like we sucked the ball in, <laughs> like, like the crowd do at Anfield so often. And it was just a great moment. And I think it's because of that release. And it's just, it just you know, I haven't celebrated like that in, no. in quite a long time. And, yeah, it was brilliant. It was no, brilliant. I've got a slightly croaky voice. I think it's from that celebration, but also might be in the weekend that Mike and I have had at Camp Festival this weekend. Uh, a, lot of, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of sun and a lot of um, <clears throat> beer. But let's go through that. You know, in terms of that, that front three, that back three, that midfield... You know, the, the, you know, we're saying how great Dennis was, and he was all over the place. He was energetic. He was what we love about him, but maybe a little bit. He needed to be. He, he basically he needs to score a goal. Well, he played well and he worked hard, which is I think what Watford fans will have really enjoyed seeing. Because I think until you see him and Sar out there on the pitch, you kind of do you let yourself believe they're even going to play a single game? And to see them set foot out there was actually like, okay, right, here we go. We've got them. Let's use them. And I think credit to Dennis, out of those guys, I think he probably was the best for me. Just, to, just sheer work rate. He was an absolute pain in the backside for those defenders from a minute zero to minute 96. Um, and, I, and I thought he was terrific. I, I mean, how long has it? How long has the podcast been? <laughs> Six minutes I before I go. Three minutes and 37 seconds ago. <laughs> it did. Here we go. If we, yep. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Um, it did feel a little bit like right. We've unwrapped all the all the we've got the, the three toys we wanted for Christmas. Yeah. We got them out, and now I don't know what to do with them. It did feel a little bit like we've got three players here that this Sheffield United defence obviously don't know what to do with. But on the flip side of that, we didn't know what to do with them either. And I think there's definite 
cohesive issues with those guys and how we get the best out of them. I am, um, excuse the name drop, but <laughs> I just bumped into David Connolly uh, outside the stadium and I was having a quick chat with him and he said exactly the same thing, Mike. He was doing radio commentary tonight and he said his sort of main observation for the first half, whatever before the goal, was up front, we were all over the place, everyone, they're all sort of trying to do the same sort of thing and, and, and it looked like Rob had given them licence to kind of roam around yeah. and kind of find spaces and go where the, you know, go to, go to the place where you want to get the ball. But... I think we did lack a bit of structure mm. and, it, and it probably as the season goes on you might want to have somebody a little bit more consistently central and slightly more defined roles and, and, and if Dennis and Orsar leave that might affect where Pedro plays maybe Pedro goes further forward and there, I think there, there are still lots of variables in this squad and there's going to be lots of different possibilities over the next month or so and as I, you know, as I said yesterday on the Twitter space with, with Sam from WD18 like we've got seven games before the transfer window ends and if we can keep hold of Dennis and Saar and they, and they look as up for it as they did tonight and they can get us a lot of points in that, uh, in that run of seven games against some really tough teams and then we say thanks very much go off to, your, to the club wherever you go Premier League or abroad or whatever it's kind of job done and then we move on so I'm, I'm really pleased that they've played well tonight they're in the team because a month ago we, we, we probably thought we'd seen the back of them yeah. and even if we hadn't sold them by this point you'd sort of be thinking maybe they'd just be not in the squad or just on the sidelines but it looks you know they looked both looked really up for it tonight and we've also got Pedro as well he was brilliant yeah I think that's the most that was my worry if they did start playing this season for Watford because they're around and we've got to make sure they're in the shop window etc 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 but if they weren't up for it but they were both up for it. They were, but Watford do need to study that instruction manual because, like Dave said there, this is a real opportunity here. I, I mean, I reckon Dennis will probably stay pretty close to the end of the window and I think we may even end up holding on to Saar until, until January. That's, if I was a betting man, that's what I'd say. But if we are going to have them for any amount of time, we need to make the absolute best of them. It's, you know, Sheffield United didn't know what to do with them. If you play them the, the right way and, re, and you know, being very reductive, stop me if I'm, if, I, if I'm wrong, Dave, jump into the sort of the more tactical side of things. But when you've got the beating of a man like Saar has, your job as a team is to get him in behind, get him going down the flanks and let those defenders know that they are in for a torrid, torrid evening afternoon and drive that home, make the most of it. And I don't think we quite did that tonight. I think one of the issues maybe was getting the ball to them. It was We, yeah. we didn't progress the ball up the pitch very well because of the midfield. Yeah. Kembe right. and Cleverley mm. didn't really... It was a problem we saw last season. They didn't really want to come and get the ball short. So the wide centre-backs, Cabaselli and Cathcart. Cathcart's playing on the left when he has not got a left foot, which caused him a few problems. you got you got Kamara playing right wing-back when he's left-footed. So it was all a bit disjointed. And Cabaselli quite often had the ball, but there was just a massive acres of space in front of him he didn't have a short pass and he had to sort of try and get it down the line or try and go into you know into Dennis's chest or feet but from a distance what you want is to get the ball into the midfield and then play another short pass into the front line and then you you know when they what are those three players good at really is getting the ball giving it one twos little movements beating a man flicks and tricks and they need to you know, they need a lot of players in a sort of small space of the pitch to do that and too often it was we're all a little bit stretched and a bit spread out and I don't think we progressed the ball up the pitch as well as Rob would have liked us to do and I think that midfield is going to be a bit of an issue we need loser back we probably need someone else in there it would be good if we bought another midfielder but I think Kembe and Cleverly as a sort of starting midfield in the championship I don't foresee that being a sort of mainstay of the season no. Credit to Cleverly for going uh, full tilt for, for the full 96 minutes you know he's had his 
critics about should he Speaking be... Speaking of full two, I've got to run to the station. <laughs> okay. See you, lads. <laughs> let's, let's watch on and see is there, is there what full, full tilt looks like. <laughs> quite quick, quite quick. Um, I think Cleverly did really well. He worked really hard for 96 minutes. We spoke in the week, didn't we, with Geordie about uh, what we want from our captain and he was doing that. He was putting himself around, talking to the ref, making sure he knew that he was the leader and I thought he was pretty impressive in, in that regard. But yeah, I think as Dave said... <laughs> Him and Kembe, we're going to need more than that yeah. in, in, in the centre of the park if we are to unlock that uh, that talent we've got in the final third for the minute. And of course, Geordie also made the point in the WhatsApp group during the game: if you take Sar and Dennis out, what's it going to look like? Mm. So all the more reason I think we can only talk about what we've got at the moment. Uh, so yeah, let's let's make the most of those. But I think Rob's probably in that position where he is going to say, right, I've got an injured loser who. We know the bit of sprinkle, sprinkle stardust to, to put in the game. Well, what do I need to do now to sort of be ready for him without yeah. changing things too much? And that might even be the reason why we didn't get the maximum out of our front threes. Because, well, I'm not going to start, you know, developing. I'm still developing this side, a competitive side. And if one of you lose, leaves in five days' yeah. time because the money's coming, yeah. I need a sort of hedge. He's hedging his bets a little bit. And I think he was lucky today because of the... The, the, as a, again, I think we've already brought it up, but it was quite clear um, on both sides of uh, this game the gap between the Premier League and the EFL. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, but what I do think is we talk about loser there, and I think it's important we don't put him on this pedestal that's going to. Uh, he's going to walk back into the team and make the, the midfield absolutely perfect because what I thought today was was a real archetypal championship game. There's a it's high octane, lots of tackles flying in, some get punished, some don't. And so loser's going to have to come up to speed mm. pretty quickly. So you do need that sort of strength that both KMB and, and Cleverly have. That, you know, we both know they're not at the peak of their game for, for whatever reason. They're not uh, midfielders that you, you'd want in the Premier League, for example. Loser has got that different touch. He's got that ability to pick a pass, and, but he wants time. So it's, I think that is the biggest question, is how he's going to mesh that, that, that midfield. And yeah, the, and just as we, as we move back through, through the side, the, whether the wing-backs... Yeah. Work so you felt a little bit sorry for for Kamara, who of course you know he really is leading from the front in terms of <laughs> making sure the fans stay on side. He was giving it the big wee, one at the end, wee, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to all four corners. He, he, about he when he joined Watford, he said, "Tell you what I'll do. Whenever we win at home, I'll do that thing. I'll do that." He has never had the chance to do it. That's his first ever Watford win yeah. at Vicarage Road, and he enjoyed it. And he enjoyed it, but he did get in the first half. He got bullied down that right yeah. side because he's not. He's not, you know, it's not his position. And he got so the, the the player got in. I can't remember. I can't remember his name. He had a really, really serviceable opportunity in the Premier League. That's one nil to, to Sheffield United, uh, unless they've got that exact same player in the Premier League. <laughs> but you know what I mean. If that's a Premier League player on the, with that chance, it's, yeah. it's unquestionably a a um, a goal. So that that will give you know pause for pause for thought. I think with with, with that experiment and and Ken as well. You know, going forward, we know what he can do. He can. He doesn't look like he's mm. going to cause a threat down the left, but he does. He, he beats a man. He is tricky. And, and going forward, I thought he was good. But again, defensively, a bit questionable for me. So the, the wing-back conundrum, I don't think, is necessarily solved 100%. No. Um, and the, the middle three, they did, uh, they did their job when they needed it. I mean, um, Cavaselli and um, uh, Sierra Alta almost contrived to get themselves in a bit of a mix-up <laughs> in, in the second half a couple of times. And there was a one moment where, you know, when you've got that, those three centre-backs uh, and Sheffield United are bobbing forward or, or put, throwing players forward, they had a free kick, I think it was, and the guy had a, a, a free header at the back post. 
and he's really he should have done a lot lot better he should have steered that into the into the bottom right hand corner and he and he put it wide and he knew he'd missed a massive opportunity so there's two huge chances for mm. Sheffield United there that we that we gave up Backman had to tip one over the over yep. the bar in the first half as well um, whereas you know the Sheffield United goalie didn't have to make that many saves for all Watford sort of swashbuckling, swashbuckling sort of endeavour and you know, all the stuff we enjoyed did we work the keeper enough it's probably the, the other way mm. our keeper probably got worked more than uh, more than theirs so really encouraging I think it's at what, it's just a welcome back to the championship as well yeah. and that's going to happen week in week out it's going to be very very tight with most sides I think um, uh, but, I, but the, 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 that gap between the EFL and, and the you know, Premier League like there were several moments for me where Watford did it a bit, but I think Sheffield Wednesday, did, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United did it a little bit more when it comes to those little touches that just go a bit far. That just the idea is there, but you just can't execute it yeah. right. It's the Watford that we used to love when we started this podcast 13 seasons ago. <laughs> it's changed, and we have different expectations now. And Watford, they like I said, they had it more, and there are going to be a lot of clubs and a lot of players in this league where that sort of happens. But referee-wise, yeah, oh, he went off a little bit there. Well, it was, <laughs> he had a, he had a tough. It could have been a lot harder for him. I think there was a period in the second half where he got a couple of things wrong there was yellow cards coming from from left right and center all kicked off perhaps by cleverly's yellow card where he slipped over yeah um, i mean that was it i think it was the moments were where he really went over the top was he'd given the one to clever and everyone goes no that's not really Chow pedro's yellow card was like it was a bit narky from, it, from pedro exactly and he, he will get that's where his yellow cards will come from this year yeah. with him just pushing it a bit too far yeah. so what, i sort of get that one but not long afterwards a very similar I think tackle for me anyway leads to the cleverly one in terms of the yeah. you know the gravitas of the of the, yeah, yeah, the tackle isn't it wasn't really that gravitas yeah. but he gave it yellow for, for cleverly but for not there the yeah. inconsistency oh I got I forgot about it no there absolutely was and but I think the important thing is is that Watford are going to have to manage that this season yeah. because it will happen we will have a target on our back certainly when we've got players like Dennis and Saar you know Pedro is is going to make a name for himself or he will opposition players and fans won't like him because he's he's tough he's strong he never takes a backward step he, he you know he flicks and tricks he's, he's annoying for, for opposition players and fans so we will be coming up against that and the other thing is the Sheffield United bench you know there was a lot of chat from them getting into the fourth officials here and I think the club's you know, I'm not bigging Watford up or blowing our own trumpet. You know, Sheffield United are a, are a big club in, the, in their own right and they will expect to come here and, and do well. But I think every club will look to utilise whatever they can to, to turn things in their favour in this division. We are one of the big guns at, as it stands. In five, five, six years in the Premier League, lots of recent experience, lots of noise about the club, a big reputation. Mm. Um, so we're going to have to manage that, that inconsistencies, as you rightly point out from the ref, all the, all the stuff on the sidelines. And I thought actually Watford handled it really well because there was six minutes of stoppage time. There was, yeah. a, there was an incident in the, in the crowd which caused a bit of consternation. There was obviously someone needing a bit of medical treatment. Eventually he got uh, looked after. It looked like from where I was sat that he was helped away. So luckily and fortunately it sounds like he's OK. So fingers crossed that's, that's absolutely the case. But that meant there was a, uh, a, a big stoppage. Sheffield United were slowing the game down. Mm. Even when even they were behind. They, well, they no, they were slowing the game down when it was, one, when it was nil-nil. Yeah. They were... Yeah. But that's to disrupt. It's not about yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not about slowing it down. And Watford are going to have to manage that. They don't, they don't want our team like Watford getting into their tempo. 
experienced players like, like Cleverly and the forward players we've got, they don't want us to have any sort of flow and that will manifest itself in a number of ways. I think it will come from all angles and Watford need to manage that and I actually thought they did it well today. Six minutes of injury time, you should be, thought, usually we'd be biting our nails, getting a little bit, getting a little bit nervous. But they did what they had to do, really, to close that game out. Sheffield United, weren't, they made five subs, mm. uh, including one, one triple substitution. But they weren't really able to change the, no. the direction of travel. It always felt, to be honest, even though what I said there about the um, Batman being more work than, uh, than Fodderingham, it felt like we were heading towards a win. Yeah. And it's very unlikely to feel, feel like that. So, in the main... They did their job in against a really tricky opposition. We all said this is a this is a tough start to the season. We had to we had to wash away the stink of the of last season and the and the, the ghosts of, of the appalling run we've had here. And they've been and they've been dealt with in the in the August sunshine, haven't they? Fair play to them. Do you were you were one of the only people in this stadium last mm. time we got promoted our last season in the championship? Sort of comparing it yeah. in terms of I don't know, like you said, there was a, a moment, I think, maybe because we'd just come down. We did win that opening game Friday night against Middlesbrough. Uh, Craig Cathcart of the goal, I believe. Um, my memory's not great, so don't uh, yeah. at me. How did this feel, though? Do you think there's we're in a better place, do you, do you think, compared to that relegations, post-relegation season? Uh, it's difficult to say because I think the squad is still still very much in its formative state. We, we don't know. What I will say is that I'd never swap the the situation we were in in terms of having no supporters it was a raucous uh, evening here at Vickery Road tonight Sheffield United fans played their part in that they were they were nice and noisy Watford fans did did a good job of that as well and I think that all adds to it it was it felt like a game of an exciting game of football it felt competitive it felt like to be honest it felt like we what we expected it was going to be the first only oh, good I did not have a, I went, went to the railway before the game Dave there goes oh what do you think about tonight I went I've got no idea yeah. That was actually before I saw the team, but I had no idea how and what how it was going to play out. I've got a better idea now, and I think that's that's a nicer place to feel when it goes to the next couple of games. Questions to be answered, definitely, yeah. and 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 plenty of tinkering for for Rob to be doing on the on the training ground, and I'm, I'm sure that they'll all be absolutely desperate to build on that. Manet came on, um, the striker, and looked, you know, he's a big old boy. Well, I was about to say, I wasn't sure if there's a number nine on his back, um, or if there's a, you know, something where you, if you want to wear number nine, you have to have broad shoulders. Yeah. But he was, uh, he was biting into a, a, a couple of things, and I, it was quite nice to know, you know, if you want to play big man, little man, yeah. he's sort of going to have that uh, ability. Yeah, absolutely. So, By the way, Raymond I did do the did a Raymond I did do the very nice. I, I, I don't think I'll catch him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we, we had a little look, we had a look at him. He was obviously boy to come on yeah. and he was frustrated. He had that chance, he snatched it a little bit and it and it P-rolled it, didn't it, in the in the end. I mean, he was a better hit than that, I to give him give him a bit more credit than that. But he looks like he could be could be useful. So plenty to think about. There's lots still up in the air as as the squad takes takes shape. But uh, to answer your question, are we in a better place? I think the difference at the moment is we've got some better players than the opposition, demonstrably better players yeah. than the opposition. And that's good in an obvious way, and as much as you've got better players, you can do better things. But also it's a mental aspect to that. If you play a team where you know they've got good players, you know they're on a decent run, you know they're confident, you know there's, there's a new man at the helm, they're going to be, that sort of creeps into your thinking. So that gives us a little, a little edge as well. And as long as we, we need, while everyone else will be finding the edge they can, we need to be pushing home the advantages uh, we have that uh, that come with you know just having those that little bit of stardust as you said earlier. From the rookery end, 
a podcast about life following Watford FC. A one thing, actually, I know we talked a lot about who's going to stay, Zar and Dennis, are they going to be around? The club gave squad numbers to Alberto Peñaranda and Prosetto. Um, <laughs> it's... Wasn't quite what I was expecting to happen, but they, they've got a squad number now, Michael. There's still some movement to go, isn't there? Yeah, so there's no number for, for Mario Gaspar. Welcome, Mario. It's, uh, what a welcome that is, not to even have a number yet. Although, <laughs> has he got one? I'm just looking at the programme, actually, so I might be wrong well, in there's that. There's a print deadline on that one, isn't there? Yeah, of course. So, what, where are we, what are we missing? We're missing a, four, a three, a four, a seven. Why do players do that? Why don't they... Why, why don't clubs do that? They fit up the first eleven. Know where you are. There's your first eleven. Just Give them that. It's not a bad shout. But then a the goalie would throw that off, though. You have to. Have the, if you're going to have a system, you've got to. You've got to stick to it. I mean, I think the, the days of sort of reading too much into squad numbers are long gone, aren't oh, they? Yeah, We've seen 99s, yeah. 47s, 55s, all mm. this sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, I think we mentioned Mario Gaspar there, and I think that's. He's someone who, you know, it's a decent bit of business. It's gone, mm. gone under the radar. I know he hasn't played a game. He hasn't featured in the yellow of Watford because he's played a lot of his career in yellow, obviously. But I think that's someone with real real pedigree. And we talked about maybe not having that right side mm. sorted, nailed down. If he can come in uh, and play in that, that, that right wing back role, get um, Kamara over onto the left side, he's just, you know, demonstrably happier on his, yeah. on his left. Um, and then that frees up Ken, Ken Semmer for... Uh, Either you know, probably a sub- substitute role coming in and and doing his thing thing down the left. So, yeah, I think uh, I think Gaspar's a really a really interesting one. It'd be it'd be interesting to see how how he does react to the to the championship because obviously he's used to playing his football higher up the the footballing pyramid. Um, but yeah, that could be a low key, really really decent bit of business that for mm. Watford. We shall see when uh, where he gets his first appearance in the gold or the blue or when it comes out the black and white stripes. Um, one person who didn't get a squad number or hasn't taken up his lifetime president, mm. honorary president, was Mr. Luther Blissett. Yeah. Um, as we know, the club put out a thing, you know, publicly offering it to him, and he sort of said no because of the the culture within the club wouldn't match up with him, which is yeah. a strange thing to say because every other player who has taken up an honorary yeah. sort of look, I think connection, it's, it's he, and he's he's not. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's first and foremost, it's it's a shame, isn't it? Because yeah. Luther Blissett was my favourite player for Watford growing up. You don't need me to explain to anyone listening how important Luther Blissett mm. is to Watford Football Club. There's that marvellous new, um, yeah. uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, what's it graffiti? Well, yeah, one yeah. of the one of the spray painted uh, murals. murals. Yeah. yeah, it looks absolutely brilliant, and for, you can see it from the other end of the ground. Him sort of sort of looking resplendent in that in that corner. It really, really works well. It's a real clever piece of of design as well as being absolutely stunning as well so <laughs> that's obviously great but obviously there's a bit of it seems like there's been a bit of confusion about it I think mm. oh, the bottom line is he's been offered uh, or bestowed upon him a pretty decent honour there a bit more, bit more than pretty decent a very large yeah so really it's for I guess it's for him to explain why he doesn't feel he can he can take it because I think it's something that's befitting uh, of a player of his stature he joins Elton and Graham so are there are there any other bigger names than that in in Watford's illustrious history there aren't so it's it's obviously confusing for for supporters I'm not sure that that Luther's explanation will make things any uh, any clearer it doesn't at all um 
and I think just as supporters, you just hope it can be it can be sorted out. There's obviously an issue. Mm. There's obviously an issue. There's obviously something stopping it from from proceeding as smoothly as we'd like. But, but as far as I'm, but the issue given to me doesn't make doesn't no, doesn't fit peculiar. doesn't fit with all the other players and peculiar. all the other you know Graham and his family how they act towards it. It's, I was, yeah. I was speaking to someone else as well in the, as in the press box today, and I won't name just in case he doesn't want me to quote him directly, but said, you don't have to accept something like that. It is bestowed on you. Yeah. It's, it's, not a, it's not a title that you have to accept and then you have to, a job of work to do with it. It's, it is a, it's a mark of respect mm. uh, and, and a pretty big one, as you say. So I think anyone with Botford at the heart will hope they, they'll sort it out. I think there's obvious issues that, that are potentially going on behind the scenes. Look, they're not going to go down this route for no reason. No one at the club doesn't recognise how important Luther Blissett is to, yeah. to Watford. So there's obviously something, there's obviously been a few bumps along the road just to sort of say, well, it's not, they're not doing it because they're a bunch of idiots. It just isn't the case. Everyone knows how important Luther is. So there's been some obvious issues gone on and uh, we're not privy to those and uh, yeah, just hopefully they can they can be sorted but I guess yeah perhaps up to Luther Visit to explain why mm. so another we've got a week to go I don't know when our I don't know when our first three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday is I was looking forward to them returning now in the championship but no not yet um, West Bromwich Albion away yes um, hopefully for fact fans out there Watford won't have any problems with oxygen because it is of course the highest altitude uh, ground in the country um you, I, you know, I can't see unless unless someone leaves, much changing. Maybe that like you said, if Gaspar's up to yeah. speed, maybe a, a switch there for the right backs. But you're not really going to. Rob doesn't feel like a fellow who's going to change things for the sake of it. No, I think he's. It, it strikes me as someone who's very very clear that he wants to build relationships. Talks about getting to know the people and putting his trust in them, and and vice versa. So it's not going to be a whole swathe of changes. At this stage in the season, he wouldn't have thought, apart from perhaps whether he can get Mario Gaspar involved. We don't know his fitness or, or where he's at or, or how much training he's done with the, with the club. But what we do know is it's a huge, huge challenge. It's, uh, it's like you say, it's the highest uh, football stadium <laughs> in, in the country, but it would be noisy. Under the lights on a Monday night. They Their will, first home game. Yeah, absolutely. They will feel that they've got something to prove against... I guess what they will view as a promotion candidate that's what we are that's what they'll see themselves as so going back to what we said earlier a really big challenge and it will be interesting to see how they cope with that noisy crowd the noisy crowd the noisy bus over there yeah exactly I wonder if we'll park the bus (laughs) I wonder whether we'll see a different approach away from home than at home or whether they will see they'll just look to maintain the same approach you'd think at this point it would be maintain the same approach get it sorted get it happy get it comfy because it is only the second game of the season agreed yeah absolutely you're looking for consistency you're looking for players to to get to, uh I was going to say air in their tyres as the coach went past, but minutes in their legs, because there was a few going down with cramp, wasn't there? I think yeah. so, so that was a bit bitty, and it's obviously, it did feel early in the season, it felt, yeah, so, yeah, they'll want to, they'll want to get players playing with each other. Get, yeah. In fact, I got a message from my mum, and it just said... <laughs> Who uh, by the way, we, again, a bit at Camp Bestwood, Sue came along on, uh, on Friday, we, we couldn't get her home. She wanted to keep right. going all night, she loved a bit of... Root, of uh, where are we going Rag next? Rag and bow man. Where are, ne- where are we going next, she said. Good game. Cohesive. Love mum. 
Uh, how about that for something else? So mum thought it was it was cohesive, which is praise indeed from mum. She runs a very, very keen eye over, over Watford's performances, as we, as we well know. I'm looking for a little bit more of that cohesion, but that will only come yeah. with games under the belt. Yeah. We're game one, uh, first game, first win. Let's hope we can make it, make it two wins out of two. What was interesting, though, um, which was another challenge today, and obviously no one's fault, uh, Elton John played here, what, a month ago, mm. which meant that the, the pitch could only be relayed at a certain time. The pitch was, was cutting up and was, was a bit sandy, and so that, that may, might have made it a little bit of a, a challenge as well, a little bit of a curveball for some of those Watford players who have been used to being playing on what is an absolute... Carpet, and I'm sure they will. I'm sure it will be be absolutely superb absolutely, as the yeah, season yeah, yeah. goes on. Because, uh, but yeah, just another little, yeah. another little element of the of the pitch. But yeah, cohesion, I think, is 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 what we're really striving for. And uh, really interested just to see how they cope when they get in the the kitchen sink chucked at them away from home. Yeah. Because we've spoken about there are obvious issues there. There are obvious little little chinks in our armour. And uh, let's see what happens when they're uh, they're up against it, which I assume they will be at some point at West Brom. One game down, 45 to go. And this one, of course, was a win. Thank you very much for listening. Remember, do follow us uh, on social media, uh, at Watford Podcast, uh, wherever you find us, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Uh, but also, of course, make sure you send us an email. We do like your emails. Uh, podcast at fromtherookerend.com. Uh, and on there, we'll, uh, we'll dig out an email of the week. So do send it in uh, with all your thoughts. Podcast at fromtherookerend.com. Well, that's the programme. Yeah, got to mention the programme. Obviously, yeah. we're celebrating, we're ending the season, celebrating 100 years at, at Vicarage Road. Check out the front cover of uh, of the of the programme. They've been they've been absolutely uh, unrelentingly brilliant. There, the programmes they really have been cracking designs over the last couple of years. And this it looks like they're going to carry on. But it's, very... it's Rob Edwards looking like he was the manager of Watford in 1922. Yeah, absolutely magnificent. Now, what I would love to think is that they actually dressed him up like that. Oh, he's got to. <laughs> you really got to. I mean, you can't put a fat moustache like that on there, can you? No, anyway, there, it's, there was lots of stuff. Cause we saw at half-time, there's a great little video, which is, I'm sure is on the club's YouTube channel now, like a, an animation about how and when the club changed and how it changed over its 100 years, uh, which is, was quite nice to sort of see. And there's going to be a lot of stuff. We're going to chat to people about this 100th anniversary uh, of being here and playing games at Rickridge Road uh, and yeah, it's going to be a, dev, a year of celebrations um, thank you very much Michael we're up and running it's good to be back isn't it we are and to finish us off with a good come on you horns is my son Eli come on you horns come on you horns